where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. We are in the middle and toward the end of a Be the Church series. And this week's invitation is a reminder to share earthly and spiritual resources. And you've already heard the scripture that's offered for this particular piece of being the church. It's from the Gospel of Luke about having two coats and sharing one and doing likewise with food. But it's helpful to know, I think, that this writing comes within the context of baptism. John the Baptist was a tough teacher. And he was the one that was inviting people into the desert and people were coming to him for baptism. And as they were coming, he actually, again, I said he was tough already, right? He was questioning people's motives and their pride. He's saying, don't do this just because it's the popular thing to do. And claiming to be, claiming that Abraham is your father means nothing here. So don't tell me what clan or what tribe you're a part of or what family you're a part of. It doesn't mean anything here. Because God can make people out of stones if God wants to. Can you just imagine being there hearing that? I'd be like, "Uh uh-oh, now what? We're using a whole different system of measurement. All new metrics are coming into play. Thankfully, John gives them something positive to envision. He says, what counts is your life. Is it green and blossoming? And so the people just say to him, well, then what are we supposed to do? And that's when we hear this example of sharing earthly resources. He says, if you have two coats, give one away. Do the same with your food. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said, teacher, what should we do? And he told them, no more extortion. Collect only what is required by law. And soldiers asked him, what should we do? He told them, no shakedowns, no blackmail, and be content with your rations. Perhaps you've wondered, what should you do? Or what could you do? What do you hear when you answer, when you ask that question? What do you hear in reply? And John continues and says, you know, because they start to wonder, who is this guy? Something is happening inside us that we haven't felt before, and we wonder who he is. Maybe he's the Messiah? And he says, no, I'm baptizing you here in the river with water. But there's someone who's going to come that's far greater than I am. That someone is Jesus, and he will ignite a fire in you. He will ignite the Holy Spirit within you. And he'll change you from the inside out. He'll place everything true in its proper place before God. Everything else he'll put out with the trash to be burned. There's also an example of sharing spiritual resources here because John continues 
And we hear in this gospel that there was a lot more of this, a lot more of this back and forth. What should we do and explaining and trying to help people understand this? The spiritual resources were words that gave strength to the people and words that put heart in them. That's what it says in the gospel. Now, my observation is that this community understands sharing. You share physical items with enthusiasm. Consider all the undergarments and all the toilet paper that were shared this summer. I can imagine the feast that's out there for the potluck. The sharing of physical property next door, known as mica homes, where people living with disabilities will have a permanent residence that's affordable. And the space within this building that is shared to scouts and Iglesia, Shabbat, Montessori, PFLAG, dedicated space for these groups, well below market rate. That's why it's sharing. What we're saying is this is part of the mission and ministry of this congregation. The sharing of time and talents. People who have signed up and are going again to Puerto Rico or going for the first time to Puerto Rico to help repair homes. We're also planning a family service trip for this coming Sunday, uh, summer, so stay tuned. We have a volunteer building and grounds crew that are always up to something really wonderful. People who volunteer at the Hour Center, people who have volunteered through Soft Voices, Meals on Wheels, more than I could name. Sharing spiritual resources is something that isn't as concrete sometimes. You know, I really wrestled with that this week. Like, what does it mean to share spiritual resources? Spiritual resources are things like what gives a person hope and value and self-worth, which could be all those other kinds of sharing. A church community functions as a spiritual resource by being a source of hope and love where people can go when they are struggling to find these things. When it comes to sharing, the story of stone soup is typically lifted as a great example of what sharing is all about and what it can lead to. Are you familiar with the story of stone soup? Yeah, for the most part. If not, you'll catch on as I go. The story dates back to the 18th century, actually. It started as an oral tradition, and there really wasn't anything put into print for a while, and there are many versions of stone soup. So the one I'm referencing is from 1947, which was written by Marcia Brown. Because usually what people remember about this story is that everybody brought something and put it in the pot, and then there was a great feast, right? That sounds familiar? Or that's what you might imagine if you've never heard of this story? Well, there's another piece that that is not remembered. You see, this story begins with three soldiers who are walking and have been walking for days. And they're hungry. And they're fantasizing about what they might be able to eat. And they come upon a little rise in the road and they see a village and they say, Oh, a village. There's got to be something to eat there and maybe even a place where we can sleep. At about that same time, some of the villagers noticed that there were some soldiers in the distance. They were not enthusiastic 
In fact, they went out the business of hiding everything that could be eaten. They hid all of their crops and all of their grain and all of their meat, and they even put the milk down the well. So when the soldiers came into the town and knocked on the doors and asked for some food, the village people said, oh, I'm so sorry, we don't have anything. It wasn't a good harvest this year. Some others said, oh, well, you know, other soldiers had come and we don't have anything left. Some of them even went about looking sad and hungry. The soldiers wondered about that, I bet. Or maybe they were prepared. I don't know. They had been on the road for a while. And so what they did was they said, well, well, if you have nothing then I guess we'll have to be creative. You know, in a very simple way, Be the Church is really about living into our baptism, which is a way of living and seeing in new ways. Learning and living and embodying the teachings of faith. And when I look at this story through the eyes of faith, I see the three soldiers as the three wise ones, actually. They were so clever. I wonder if they knew the story or the Bible verse from Ezekiel, chapter 36, verse 26, which says, I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I wonder why that's why they decided they were going to make stone soup. Because they were coming up against hardness in people. We don't know why, but maybe it was because of some life circumstance they lived through. The book does describe them as peasants. Life was not easy, but is life easy for anyone? And then the water. You know, they, they filled this big cauldron with water, and I wonder if maybe they knew all the Bible stories that are connected to water and the power of water. When we do baptisms here in this congregation, we're going to do one next week, we say this prayer, Oh God, we give you thanks for the gift of water. Through water you led refugees to deliverance in the promised land. In the waters of the Jordan, John baptized Jesus. With water, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples and taught them to serve. Bless now this water that serves as a symbol of grace. In Christ's name we pray, Amen. So I wonder if as the villagers were lugging water in their buckets to this big cauldron that they were remembering or maybe they were just experiencing the transforming power of water, the symbol of new life that, that water evokes and offers. So the stones and the water and then finally the fire. Fire is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, you've perhaps heard the Pentecost story that says a big wind came through. We have a perfect sound effects today. And divided tongues as of flames rested on each one's head. When I think of fire and the refining quality of fire and its capacity to change us from the inside out, I think of the contemplative John of the Cross. He says, in the prepared soul, the love of God enters immediately. For each touch, the spark catches fire in the dry tinder. It seems to such persons that every time this flame shoots up, 
It raises them to the activity of God in God. When we think of stone soup, we don't always think about the stones or the water or the fire. We think about what follows. And what follows is, without blame or shame, the soldiers engage the townspeople even further. After they've received all that water and they've received the big pot and they've received the fire, they say, boy, sure could use a little salt and pepper. And the kids run and they go get salt and pepper and they put it in the water. And then they said, it sure would be nice to have a carrot, but if you don't have a carrot, then we can't use a carrot. So a woman ran off and underneath the comforter got a whole apron full of carrots. And as the soldiers were cutting them with their swords and putting them in the pot, they said cabbage would sure make great soup. So, of course, someone else ran off and got three big heads of cabbage. And it went on and on with beef and potatoes and barley and milk. And the soldiers said, this now is a meal that's fit for a king. And I bet the king was there. You know, the one who talked about the kingdom all the time was Jesus, right? And he was talking about what it meant to live in God's realm. And I bet God was there in that very space And one of the soldiers just kept going. He said, you know, a meal like this would be great with some bread and a roast. And boom, there was bread and a roast. And he said, and we need tables so that everyone can eat. Is anyone else thinking of the communion table now? The banquet that is set before them? This is what it means to look at a story through the eyes of faith and to look at your life through the eyes of faith. And there was eating and drinking and dancing, a heavenly glimpse. They had so much fun. They were changed from the inside out. They couldn't help themselves but be generous. They were probably falling over each other to now tend for these guests. In fact, after the meal was finished and everything was done and the last dance was danced, they said, is, is it possible that there might be a loft where we could sleep? And they said, oh, no, no, no. You can't sleep in a loft. We will put you up in the best homes. Each one went to a different home. You know, like the peasant, we sometimes have to be coaxed into sharing, into showing up, into participating in this beautiful banquet and this opportunity to offer and receive and be part of a glimpse of heaven. We have to develop our spiritual resources, and sometimes we can do that by doing things. But spiritual resources are deeper than that. We learn to cultivate spiritual resources through spiritual practices for spiritual growth and inner work. Like lighting a candle is the simplest of spiritual practices. You are now, as adults, always invited to join our children in lighting a candle for places in your lives and within you where God's transforming love is needed. And if you don't want to physically get up and do it, you can do it in your imagination. Perhaps subscribing to a daily devotional 
that just pops up on your phone or on your computer every morning. There's a centering prayer app that you can put on your phone. I don't know, eight to ten minutes. Includes a little reading, little silence, nice little chime. You don't have to go off to a monastery to do this. You could read through the Psalms, one Psalm a day or one a week, listening to sacred music, singing sacred music, singing anything out of our hymn books, singing a song that evokes emotion in you that expands your care. You know, I think one of the questions for spiritual resources is, what is your spiritual diet? What are you reading, watching, and listening to? What rituals are you practicing and engaging? We're about to move into a time of year where it's all about, well, not all about, but it has a lot to do with food. And the wise, the wise one at the table will say, remember, you are what you eat. Another way to look at it is you can't share what you don't have. I was going to bring in all my coats today to show you that I have about 15 of them, all for separate purposes. I wonder how many people don't have any. So I have coats. I know I can share that. But do I have hope? Do I have peace? Do I have love? Do I have compassion? Do I have concern? Do I have empathy? Do I have a vision of something bigger? Do I have a sense that God is near? Do I have a way of reframing challenges that doesn't deny how hard they are, but says, I wonder how the Spirit might be able to help or might be trying to help? I wonder what I'm being invited to in this. Not that this was created to teach me something, but since I'm in this position, what can I learn? What can I practice? How can I build gentle trust? Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Somehow amidst all that he experienced in his earthly journey, he had a reservoir of peace. There is a meal to be shared after the service, and whether you've brought something or not, please partake. Please stay, please eat, there's always enough. And that's how God's love works. It's always there. So whether you stay or whether you go, go knowing and stay knowing that God's love enfolds you, that Christ's peace fills you, and that the community of the Holy Spirit is here to encourage and support you every step of the way. May that bring you peace, and may you go in that peace. Amen.